The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. It is Thursday, September 26th. Week four of the NFL season is here. Oh, yeah. Pretty excited for it. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. We're going to be breaking down uh, the week from a fantasy perspective. Two reminders. One, we're going to do another mailbag, a Super Friends mailbag show uh, that will drop as a bonus episode, a ninth episode uh, in one of these weeks. So uh, if you go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review with a question, can be anything, football-related, whatever, we will uh, we will get to that and we will answer it on the show. Uh, and we also have our Facebook group. I am going to go through after we get done with this before I sort of didn't get on it before the waivers. Um, I'm going to go through, though, before all weekend long and, and answer every single question on there about your lineup or ch- potential trades in fantasy, uh, fantasy life questions, whatever you got. But go to f- search Facebook for Pick 6 Podcast. Join the private Facebook group. You'll get personalized answers from me. And maybe one day one of our other members, the Super Friends, uh, if they'll grow up and join. In the meantime, let's get you some fantasy analysis from two of, the, two of my good friends, two of the best in the biz, Heath Cummings and BMAC. I don't know why I call you B-Mac. Brian McFadden, what's up? What's up? What's up? How you doing, Will? I, maybe I'm too, maybe I'm too casual with you now. I just said, and, and B-Mac, as if, as if, as if, I mean, how, what would you say, like, percentage-wise, people call you your full name versus B-Mac? Small percent. Uh, <laughs> full name, I'll say 15, 20%. Oh, that's pretty low. It's, yeah, I, exactly. I don't know why he gets the nickname and I don't. Uh, I don't think, your name is not very conducive to, Heath come, I mean, Heath is, Heath is a fairly rare enough name that like, I feel like, see, like people call me Brinton because we had a bunch of wills in my class or like at college and like, so they would always have to go revert to the last name. Um, I don't, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of Heaths in my life growing up. Did you? Uh, there was only one other one. Oh, there was. Oh. Yeah. In, in my, like I went to high school in a very, very small high school, like 600 kids in the whole school. Mm. Uh, and there was another Heath. And he was on the basketball team. Two Heaths on the same basketball team in a town of like 8,000 people. What was his last name? Uh, Kennedy. Ooh, that's two tough names to go for a last name. Like, I mean, you might have gotten the last name treatment. I mean, Cummings, I guess, is like, it's, there's too many, like, I don't know, I don't, I don't know. Cummings and Kennedy aren't great for last names. Yeah. Like, like, it just like calling you, like, like the people in the office are like, hey, Cummings. No. Right. They're like, hey, Heath. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But they all, everyone's like, "Hey, Brenson." Right. I'm not saying we should call each other by our last names. I'm saying he gets a cool nickname. He's B-Man. Sure, I know. I, hey, look, <laughs> what a cool nickname. When um when I first started dating my wife the first time in college, my future stepfather-in-law was like, "So now, Brenson, what's your uh, last name?" I was like, "It's uh, Brenson." He was like, "Brenson, Brenson is a little weird, man." I was like, "No, no, my name first name's Will. Nobody just told you that. That's how everyone calls me Brenson. My mother-in-law, my parents, my brother. It's very bizarre." Anyway, let's move along to Barkley. Saquon Barkley, that is. Uh the Giants offense has dramatically changed with the injury to Saquon Barkley, the promotion of Daniel Jones. Um BMAC, I'll ask you first, 
What did you think of Daniel Jones' performance? And do you think it's a viable, uh, is it, is it, is it reasonable to conclude that he might continue to do this for, for weeks to come? Well, number one, I was impressed with Daniel Jones. Um, tell you, tell you the truth, guys, I've, I was impressed with Daniel Jones in the preseason, but remember the excuse that people were giving Daniel Jones the success he was having in the preseason was that he was playing against a bunch of twos and threes, guys that probably wouldn't make the opening day roster. But the thing that I like most about Daniel Jones is he's so relaxed. You know, the moment never seems to be uh, too big for him. And we saw that uh, Sunday against a pretty good defensive unit in Todd Bowles. Uh, we saw Todd Bowles neutralize Cam Newton the week before the Thursday night ball game. Granted, Cam Newton probably was not healthy, but yet and still, that was a pretty nice job they were able to do. And, and Todd Bowles sent a number of blitzes his way. So can he sustain that type of play? I'm not going to say yes. Yes to that. Over 300 yards passing with four total touchdowns. If he sustained that type of play, he would be in the same conversation with that Prescott, Pat Mahomes, guys like that, if he's able to do that. But I think he will be successful because he's very, very instinctive. He's super smart. His pre-snap uh, 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 mental game is so, so cool to see from a young player. And eventually this offense, even though, guys, they will be missing Saquon Barkley, the offense will get an upgrade when Golden Tate returns. And I think he will be, be back in a matter of, what, two weeks. He missed this ball game, and then he returns for the fifth ball game. So that's a huge plus. And the reason why I say this offense will still be pretty good, because in the second half, he did not have Saquon Barkley. Mm, he did not, and they focused on uh, on Daniel Jones. What are you doing in fantasy with the Giants, Heath? I know you have uh, Daniel Jones ranked 15th among quarterbacks for the matchup against the uh the, the poorest Washington Redskins secondary. And um, I, I'm assuming that you don't strike me as someone who's high on Wayne Gallman. I am. Well, there, there's two sides of me. I, I don't think Wayne <laughs> Gallman is good. Right. Um, he, in terms of pass catching running backs, uh, there's a, many, many running backs that have received at least 75 targets over the past three years. He has been the third worst on a yards per target basis. The only two running backs who have been worse than him catching the football have been Carlos Hyde and Buck Allen. And they don't throw the football to either one of those guys anymore. And so <laughs> like, I think this is a bit of a problem for the Giants offense in losing Barkley. But the other side is Wayne Gallman is going to get 15 plus touches per game. That makes me interested in Wayne Gallman, no matter how good he is. Last week, I started Frank Gore and Rex Burkhead in a league and won. It, it, talent is not that big of a driver, especially at running back. So I put in claims for Gallman in all of my leagues. I only got him in a couple because I wasn't willing to spend more than 20% of my fab. Mm. This week against Washington, a bad defense, a high-scoring game. He'll be a top 20 running back for me. Most weeks, he'll probably be closer to 25 or 30. He's not going to do anything special. But if you get 15 to 20 touches, you're a starting running back in fantasy football. Was he, was he your top waiver claim? I mean, we're past the waiver period, obviously, but like I, I put in for Gallman, but I was really more interested in Daryl Williams for the Chiefs than I was Wayne Gallman. I think it's totally, totally depends on the state of your team. Mm, because enough. if you need a starter for this week, there was no better option than Wayne Gallman. Uh, Daryl Williams might not even get 10 touches this week. Right. Most of his work in the running game came after LaShawn McCoy left. He was mostly just the third down back and pass catching back. So 
Uh, another guy that I, I put in quite a few claims for that was actually ahead of Williams was Rex Burkhead. Uh, he was owned about half of leagues coming into the waiver wire period. It'll be more than that now. I, I think there's a chance Rex Burkhead's just going to take that job away from Sony Michelle with the way the two of them are playing and the way that they, they don't really use Sony Michelle in single back sets very much. And they just place James Devil on the IR. Hmm. That's interesting. So you think Burkhead could actually end up being the guy in New England I, in so much as there is a guy who, who's yes. in the lead back? Yep. Okay. Uh, any, any of those guys strike your fancy, BMAC, in terms of, uh, Running backs that you'd want to incorporate moving forward, uh, Daryl Williams, Rex Burkhead, or uh, or uh, who else are we talking about? Oh, Wayne right. Gallman, yeah. Well, I think Wayne Gallman has the best ideal situation, like Heath mentioned, with the opportunities. They have no one else. He's been there for quite some time there in New York. He understands the system. Now it's about individually, can he take advantage of the opportunities? Um, you know, I, I really thought Wayne Gallman would be a better pro than what he's displayed so far uh, based on what he did at Clemson. Um, but he has an opportunity to really prove all the naysayers wrong. But, you know, when you look at the Giants, I mean, I like their matchup, offensive matchup this week against Washington. But then after that, you got Minnesota and you got the Patriots. And both de- teams are have been real good on the defensive end, especially fantasy defenses. Uh, the Vikings and the Patriots, I think they're the number one fantasy defense so far in the National Football League in New England. So the next two matchups after Washington could be a situation where you sell a lot of your Giants players because I wouldn't want to start Daniel Jones against the Vikings, against the Patriots, and the same could be said about Wayne Gallman. Mm. Hey, let me ask you, Heath, too. I want to talk about a couple other running back situations while we're here. Um the uh the Packers, I think, are interesting. We saw in last week's game, Jamal Williams actually ended up getting 60-plus percent of the snaps. Now, Aaron Jones is a little hurt. Um, we don't know how that's going to work out for Thursday night against the Eagles, but that's this will be the worst defense that the Packers have faced in terms of um, both running and passing the ball. And so I, I'm curious to see how Aaron Rodgers and company look. I'm curious to see how the snaps are divvied up, and I, I'm, I, I want to know what you think about um, both the uh, – Packers situation at running back and the Eagles situation at running back because that was basically a three-way split last week as they were coming from behind between Miles Sanders, Darren Sproles, and uh, Jordan Howard. Well, I've got some bad news for Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. This will actually be the best defense the Packers have faced in terms of yards per carry allowed to running backs. 2.9 yards per carry allowed for the Philadelphia Eagles. They've been awesome against the run terrible against the pass yeah i say yeah i should say worse defense not worse rush defense right they, they they are doing the thing kind of the anti rams thing where they're just going to sell out to stop the run and let you throw all of them i would assume at some point they're going to stop doing that because it's just makes no sense at all it's also not working so right. it's, it's not working, they're losing they're selling out to stop the run right now I, i'm scared this week about Jones and Williams, we don't. I, do, I don't like it when coaches do this. I know why they do it. I, I don't like what Matt Nagy's doing in Chicago with David Montgomery. Uh, I understand the Peterson thing a little bit more, I guess, and, and I understand we like we had a whole preseason of everyone saying, "Man, Miles Sanders is just so clearly the most talented back in Philadelphia. They're going to have no choice but to give him a ton of work." Well, Doug Peterson has never really done that with running backs, and Miles Sanders hasn't been good in the NFL yet. He fumbled. He had two terrible fumbles against the Lions. He's averaging 3.1 yards per carry, and he just fumbled twice in the first half against the Lions. Yeah. Like, he doesn't deserve it right now. I hope he goes and takes that job. I, I definitely think David Montgomery deserves those touches over Mike Davis and Cordero Patterson. Um, 
I, I can't make the same argument for Sanders. So Jones would be my favorite running back in the Thursday night game. But I would prefer if I didn't have to start any of them, and I would start Wayne Goldman over all of them. Okay. Um, and BMAC talked about schedules, too. By the way, the uh, Eagles coming up have the Packers. Very good defense. Top five defense. Jets, Vikings, Cowboys, Bills, and Bears before their week 10 bye. <laughs> wow. That's rough, man. So would you drop, would, if you had to, if you had to, if you had to hold one of Jamal Williams or Miles Sanders, who would you hold? Sanders still. Okay. Interesting. I'm out on Sanders. I, I don't, I'm not that in on him, but I, I don't really think Jamal Williams is very good either. And like, unless Aaron Jones actually misses time, I think your 50% of the touches is probably as good as you get for Jamal Williams. What about Royce Freeman versus Philip and Philip Lindsay? Royce Freeman actually looks all right. Royce Freeman's good. Royce Freeman was like he had a bad year last year as a rookie when he played three fourths of the year on a high ankle sprain. I don't think we should hold that against him. He was a better prospect than Lindsey coming into the NFL, and he has performed better on a per touch basis so far this season. I think this is going to be a true committee. Um, I, I like Lindsey better in PPR because he's being used more in the passing game. But Freeman's a, a high-end flex on a weekly basis. Mm. Yeah, a bunch of duos out there. Speaking of great duos, uh, I cannot recommend highly enough the uh, duo of Anthony Jeselnik and Greg Rosenthal, the two stars of Comedy Central's The Jeselnik and Rosenthal Vanity Project, a podcast that is coming back, is now back, is already back, has returned for its second season. Um, Anthony Jeselnik, many people know, is like a famous, he's, he's just a famous comedian and a television star. Uh, Greg Rosenthal, also on TV, Maybe, maybe just as famous on this podcast, but not as famous in real life. Not nearly as famous. In fact, uh, maybe like one billionth, uh, as famous as Anthony Jeselnik, but Greg knows his stuff. He works for, uh, the NFL Network and NFL.com where he writes. They've actually, it's actually like a hilarious combo because Jeselnik is this insane comedian and Greg, you know, you, you see him and, and, and read him and he's pretty low key writer, uh, smart analytical football guy. It seems like oil and water, but they've been best friends dating back to when they went to college at Tulane. Um, and they have a podcast together where the only goal seems to be getting each other fired every week, which is, Always a fun thing to do. Um, you can listen in as Anthony and Greg make fun of current events, their producer, the uh, the great Erica Tamposi, and each other. Uh, this week, I actually think, and I, I've, I've got it saved on my phone already, but I haven't listened to it yet. I'm pretty sure they brought Greg's parents in to like to listen in on this podcast, which um, I would be fine with my parents hanging out with my best friend from college, but not if we were like broadcasting what we were talking about. Uh, yeah, like his mom is on the show this week. I mean, and, and his mom is a big podcast fan, listens to Greg, Greg's other podcast. Uh, but I, I really can't recommend it enough. The, the, the combo of the two is hilarious. I've known Greg for like, I don't know, five or 10 years now, dating back to when we both started working in the, in the NFL media. He's an awesome guy. He's sneaky, funny. Um, and Jeselnik, obviously, as a famous comedian, is hilarious and gives no bleeps about what he talks about and what he destroys when they talk about that. So make sure it's subscribed to the Jeselnik and Rosenthal Vanity Project to find out who gets torched next. Torched in uh, Monday night was Case Keenum. What did you think about that, BMAC? Did you think uh smart move to uh stick with Case Keenum this coming week by the Redskins, or should they have gone to Dwayne Haskins against the um against the Giants? And and do you think Keenum is a rosterable, streamable guy this week in fantasy? 
against the Giants defense? Yes. Uh, because let's keep it real. Now, the Washington Redskins in totality has been, they've been a bad team, right? And the Chicago Bears, they're that type of defense. We saw the Chicago Bears make, uh, Aaron Rodgers look pedestrian in week one. They're that good. So Case Keenan was set up to fail before the game even started because the offensive line, they're missing their best player in Trent Williams. They're having issues running the football. They're relying on a lot of young pass catchers to come through in the clutch at the wide receiver position. And they're just a bad team. <laughs> but before that debacle against Chicago, and uh, I know Heath, you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Case Keenum has played okay. Uh, the first weekend in the NFL, uh, first weekend of NFL, uh, I think he dropped around, depending on what type of league you were in, anywhere between 30 to 40 fantasy points. And then I think week two, you know, he had anywhere between 15 to 18 fantasy points, which is not bad for a guy like Case Keenum. And then last week, even though he had a bad ball game, he got garbage fantasy points at the end that kind of got you in the positive. So outside of what we saw against Chicago, Case Keenum has done okay. So if you're looking at Case Keenum for this weekend, if you guys been living under a rock, the New York Giants defense, they're bad also. I don't know <laughs> who who has a, a a worse defense, Washington or the Giants. I guess the numbers would di- would say Washington, but watching the Giants on tape, I mean, Mike Evans had hadn't done anything. In two weeks of play, people were trying to trade Mike Evans. People were trying to get him for anything. But that uh, the opportunity against the Giants really has revived his fantasy life. And in the reality standpoint, that as well, because the Giants defense has been that bad. So for me, yes, if you're in if you're in a two quarterback league or if you're in a situation where you're trying to, you know, outsmart outsmart the opponent. Case Keenum could be a valuable prospect to have in your lineup against the Giants. I will take it one step. I, like, I'm going to agree with everything BMAC said and then just take it another step further. The Giants' pass defense has made every quarterback they've faced look like Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> oh, I, not, I saw that tweet you had. It was like 10.5 yards per attempt. They are allowing 332 pass yards per game, a passer rating of 124.9. They have been, and it's not like. They've faced three Hall of Fame quarterbacks. They've faced Josh Allen, Jameis Winston, and somebody else. I don't remember. Dak, which Dak's Chris. very good. Yeah. yeah. Like one really good quarterback, one maybe good quarterback, and one guy that I think Bill Belichick called a running back today. Um, <laughs> and Case Keenum, like as bad as he was on Monday night, and I, I kind of fallen into this trap of the guys that turn the ball over in primetime, I come out and defend the next week, but you just look at Case Keenum's stats for the season so far. He's having se- averaging seven and a half yards per attempt. That's league average. He's got a passer rating of 100. He's got seven touchdowns to three interceptions. He's got 933 yards, which is the third highest mark in the NFL. He's a top 10 quarterback in fantasy for the year, even after Monday night. Mm-hmm. And, now and, those, and now he's facing the Giants. And those three interceptions came to the Bears. Before that, he hadn't thrown an interception. I, I, everybody's discussing whether they're streaming Kyle Allen now or streaming Daniel Jones. I'd start Case Keenum over all of them. I agree. How about Bill Belichick? He t- said Josh Allen. He's like a running back. You know what would happen if he said that about Lamar Jackson? I, <laughs> I, I almost wonder if he knows that and, and kind of did that on purpose. 
I, I was just about to say, like, he has to know he's trolling Josh Allen when he says he's like a running back, right? I mean, yeah. like, he might be trolling Bill Polian, Bill Polian, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, trolling everybody with that. Um, when, uh, when you look at the Miami Dolphins, they are hashtag not good. How far out should we be looking to grab guys, grab people who are playing against the Dolphins? For instance, I didn't want to hold the Chargers, uh, until week four, their defense. But I'm glad I did because I get the Dolphins this week. And if you if you wrote it out, you get to play you get to play your defense against the Dolphins this week. How far out should we be looking for that, Heath? Well, the problem is they have a bye next week. Yes, and then they play Washington, mm. and so <laughs> that's not really great. Um, I I don't think I'm going to use the Washington defense even against Miami. Um, and so I. I I think like later in the year, maybe we, maybe after they come back from the bye, we start thinking about av- adding the Steelers for week eight against them. But mostly, uh, I'm just going to handle that on a week to week basis. Can I hey, go ahead, be back? Yeah. Hey, Heath, I got a question for you. Personal question <laughs> regarding my fantasy team. Yes. I have the Chargers defense, but since week one, they've been on my bench and we know they're playing Miami in Miami. So my question to you is Minnesota. Or the Chargers defense. Minnesota has Minnesota. They're playing um, Mitchell Trubisky and the Bears and Chicago, an offense that does not scare you, a quarterback that does not scare you. But like you, like you, like you guys mentioned, Miami's been so bad on both sides of the ball. So I'm in a toss-up. Like, should I ride with Minnesota's defense that has been very, very consistent, or should I go with the team that has really underachieved so far in fantasy? Uh, uh, when it comes to fantasy, uh, you know, um, numbers in the Chargers defense? Uh, I'd still go with the Chargers. Uh, it's one of the defenses that it would be very close for me. I, I had to pause for a second and actually go check, check my rankings. But um, I, I would go, if the Vikings were at home, I would probably take them. But the Vikings on the road, uh, I think Chicago probably wins that game, puts up a few points. I'll, I'll take the Chargers. By the way, I want to point out that um, – if you are interested in, in streaming the, uh, streaming the Dolphins, or streaming against the Dolphins, uh, two good options right now. I, I would guess that Josh Allen has dropped in a lot of leagues. That running back we were talking about earlier, I mean, he's obviously a quarterback, but, um, he gets the Dolphins twice after their week six bye. And he also, the Bills have the Dolphins, Eagles, Redskins, Browns, Dolphins, Broncos. If the Bills defense is available and you're in a good spot in your league, uh, pick them up because they will probably be dropped against the Patriots, but they're one of the best defenses in football. And uh, after the week six bye, they have a very nice run there. Is that crazy to start thinking that that far ahead? No, nah, I like it. I, I, I like the Bills defense anyway, but you look at their schedule, especially the teams they play in the division outside of the Pats. You get, you get the Jets once again. You got two games against the Miami Dolphins. Those three games could be huge as far as any fantasy owner winning their league. I, I like the way you're thinking and the strategy. My problem, and I told this to uh, Prisco before FFT today, this is a dangerous time of year because we've got enough information that we think we know a lot of things. Mm. think we really know who's good and who's not, and we're adding and we're dropping. And I just don't – we don't actually know many of those things. And so I don't want to drop one of these running backs or wide receivers – that we drafted in the fifth or sixth round and now have decided are going to be no good because of three games so that I can carry a second defense. That's fair. Uh, what about 
I'm looking at, let's talk about BMAC's lineup some more because I noticed that, uh, BMAC, you have one team with Matt Ryan starting and Baker Mayfield on the bench. Is it time, Heath, to drop Baker Mayfield? Oh, good question. Good question. This depends, and BMAC, and I, I don't know if you know the answer to this question. It depends on what other quarterbacks are on the waiver wire. I actually saw Baker Mayfield on the waiver wire in one of my leagues. and I, it, At first, it kind of shocked me and, and took me back, and then I was like, well, I can't really argue with it. I've got him ranked 21st this week. <laughs> I've got him behind Case Keenum, Andy Dalton, Daniel Jones. Like, There's a variety of quarterbacks I would start over Mayfield with relative confidence. Yeah, me personally, here, this, here's why, where I'm at right now with Baker Mayfield. And he is the reason why I lost my week one battle in fantasy in that lineup because he, he laid an egg. He laid two eggs for me, gave me like nine points. And because of that, I ended up losing to my opponent by like two points. I'm going to give Baker Mayfield one more week to really show what he has, but he's not in my starting lineup. I'm riding with Matt Ryan, but he's on my bench. And if Baker once again lays down, so far Baker has given me nine points week one, 15 points week two, nine points uh, last ball game against the Rams. If he lays down again, again, guys, I'm dropping him because I know he has no trade value, and I'm looking to probably add a guy like Matthew Stafford. Heath, what are your thoughts about Matthew Stafford? Because my concern is Matt Ryan is going to be my starter because regardless of their situation in Atlanta, so far they've been fighting from behind a lot, which is good when it comes to fantasy points because there's nothing better than getting a quarterback provide garbage fantasy points because he's trying to catch up. I love that. So I'm riding with Matt Ryan, but Matthew Stafford is would be my go-to if I drop Baker. But you look at Matthew Stafford's division, the Bears – the Vikings, and the Packers. And I don't think they play any division game, so he has two games against each opponent in his division, all great defensive teams. How would you feel about Matthew Stafford, Heath, knowing the opponents he will be facing in his division all have great defenses? I like Stafford a lot this week against the Chiefs because I don't think they're going to have to throw very much and the Chiefs' defense isn't any good at all. Um, but I... Like as a second quarterback to hold, I'm not sure that he's going to be there the week that I need him because like they play the Vikings, they play the Bears. I have no interest in him. They play, and it's not just bad, good defenses. They play a bad offense to where they can win without throwing the ball. That's what Matt Patricia really wants to do. So then I don't really want to start him. So I, but I would be perfectly fine. Like if you're fed up with Baker Mayfield, just drop him and go pick up a high upside running back or wide receiver. If this is the type of league where Matthew Stafford's still available on the waiver wire, you don't need to carry a backup quarterback. Whenever Matt Ryan has a buy, you can just go pick one up. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point. Go get your uh, backup. Uh, like go grab some running backs. Like a, like I still think there's value in Darwin Thompson. I don't want to. I don't want to get rid of Darwin Thompson. Really? Well. You, you, uh, Alexander Madison oh, yeah. Well, yeah. and I mean, Pollard are both owned in like 50% of leagues. Both of those guys, especially Madison. Madison's one injury to Dalvin Cook, who has not played 16 games in a season yet and is getting the biggest workload that he's ever had. One injury to Dalvin Cook, and Alexander Madison's a top 10 running back. Tony Pollard is one injury away from being a top 10 running back. I'd rather have those two guys on my bench than a backup quarterback for sure. I, I'm kind of with BMAC on the uh, Darwin Thompson thing. Like He might... At some point, after two or three guys get hurt, have a role in this offense. But Andy Reid doesn't trust him right now. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, no, that's fair. Look, I, I guess my point was more like I would rather have if 
Matthew Stafford is out on the waiver wire, I would rather have Darwin Thompson than Matthew Stafford or Baker Mayfield. And I mean, certainly I agree with you on Alexander Madison and um, Tony Pollard. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, DJ Chark? DJ Chark. Do, 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 do. Oh, you're the worst. I know, you're the worst. I can't say his name without it getting in my head. Uh, DJ Chark versus Emmanuel Sanders. BMAC was saying before, what, what was the, what was your, uh, issue there, BMAC? The Chark-Sanders debate? Man, Chark has been balling the last two weeks and leading up to, uh, leading up to the, the game last Thursday night. I was like, you know, I'm gonna ride with Emmanuel Sanders and I played against Heath in that league and I ended up losing. I don't even think if I had Chark in my lineup, I would have still won because Heath had a real nice fantasy week, but I, I I think he's the number one wide receiver uh, in that offense. And I think the relationship that he's established with Gardner Minshew, who will be the quarterback going forward until Nick Foles uh, returns, is huge for DJ Chark's fantasy value. Yeah, I, I think those are all good points, and I'm certainly more excited about Chark. The problem this week specifically is he has performed like the number one wide receiver in Jacksonville. And that likely means that Chris Harris is coming his direction mm. in Denver. And you could say the same thing about Emmanuel Sanders. Well, Jacksonville has good corners too, but Jalen Ramsey doesn't have any interest at all in making that trip to Denver to play against the Broncos. He's got a cold and he's got a flu and he's got a back problem and his hamstring hurts. Ankle. He said he, he says an, back and ankle tightened up at the end of that everything. game. And every, like, I'm not going to say that he's vacant. I, I think he's, he's banged up and he's not going to Denver. He's trying to make that pretty clear. And so I do think the matchup's better for Sanders this week. I, I would start Sanders again. Are you playing he, is he, are you playing BMAC again this week, Heath? Is that what you're telling him? Um, the, the, uh, the, um, we won't play each other again till the playoffs. BMAC will be there. What league is, is, is that? I don't think I, is that, that's not the telethon league, is it? Yes. Oh, telethon. it is. Okay. I'm in that league. All right. Cool. Uh, BMAC, did you ever call in sick to work as a starting defensive back? Like call in on Sunday and be like, Hey, sorry, uh, coach. I'm sick. I'm not going to be coming in today. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I never had the guts to even do that because right. usually if you're sick, you still show up in a lot of trainers to, you know, see you and examine you and things like that. Uh, I, I think he is, and this is just my opinion, guys. I think he's having issues, but I think it's more so too. He wants to be out and he's not going to fight through anything that he normally would fight through for that organization when he's mentally checked out. Mm. Well, Will, have you ever called in sick? Oh yeah, a million times. Usually, <laughs> usually, usually. But you know what? I've, I don't, I've only, I've probably only called in like actually sick, like with like a, a illness or something once or twice in like 10 years at CBS. But I have definitely called in sick, not at CBS. I'm sure other jobs, um, with a hangover, like fake, you know, like a fake sick, ha- you know, you're like, man, I'm really yeah, I, sick. I don't understand people acting like that's not legitimately sick you right. are sick if you have a hangover you're more like, sick you may have caused it <laughs> but there's lots of other ways that you could be sick that you may have caused it as well maybe it's because you didn't wash your hands that's right i don't know why hang having a hangover is any morally worse than that yeah i mean i i do but like most of my time at cbs has not been spending in an office so i get like i don't like it when people fight through a cold and come to the office it's like why are you doing that like you could work remotely you don't need to get everybody else sick please stop get out of here um what do we think about the Steelers, Heath? Because boy, oh boy, did um, they not look good on offense. And if Juju Smith-Schuster doesn't jailbreak that one, uh, he's having a bad day. I don't know that we learned enough from one game, one and a half games with Mason Rudolph. Listen, this 49ers defense has been very good through three weeks of the season. 
and they had to go across the country in Rudolph's first road start. Um, he, he wasn't as good as I was hoping, and I have a little bit of concern, but I will have a lot more concern if they're not good against the Cincinnati Bengals, who really haven't been very good defensively at all. I still expect big things from Juju and Connor this week. I Rudolph's a fine low-end number two quarterback, but he's not in that same conversation with Jones for me. BMAC, were you surprised at how ineffective that Steelers offense was against the 49ers? Yeah, the, the biggest surprise and concern I have is with the uh, offensive line. I, I thought this offensive line clearly would be one of the top offensive lines in the AFC uh, with the returning guys they had, the experience, the, the chemistry they've had together playing with each other. But even before Big Ben went, went out with that season-ending elbow uh, issue, they couldn't run the ball. They could not run the ball, and because of that, that's why we're not seeing the James Conner that we saw in 2018. He's been a big-time fantasy disappointment as well, and this is a do-or-die game. If you go down to the Cincinnati Bengals, who I believe is one of the worst teams in the National Football League, your season is pretty much over. 0-4, no playoffs. Only thing you can hope for is just trying to become competitive uh, competitive and relevant and maybe try to hit 8-8 eight and eight to finish the season. And then secondly, for me, all the fantasy names offensively for the Pittsburgh Steelers, the guys that we believe could emerge outside of Juju and James Conner. We've still we're still waiting on James Washington. Dante Moncrief has been a big time disappointment. I don't think there's one fantasy owner that has him on their roster. And Deontay Johnson was another guy we thought could emerge to be, you know, a, a, a contributor when it comes to fantasy team. So this is a huge week, not just from the reality standpoint. But from the fantasy standpoint, because if you own James Conner and he gives you another egg, if you own Juju, even though Juju provided that big time play against San Francisco, just imagine what Juju numbers would have been if he didn't reel off that 50, 60 yard touchdown reception. It would have been another egg as well. So if you own any of those guys, uh, I think you stick with them another week because this should be a favorable matchup. But if they lay down once again, I don't know how long that leash will be with Connor or Juju. Hey, uh, Heath, I noticed you're the only person on CBS who has Andy Dalton as a top 15 fantasy quarterback. Uh, a little surprised by that. I mean, that's kind of a favorable matchup for him on on Monday night, right? Or do we think the Steelers' defense has turned a corner with the Minka Fitzpatrick ad? This is a, bit, a long history of the fantasy community just not giving Andy Dalton credit when he's good. Listen, there's good Andy and there's bad Andy, and everyone likes to mock bad Andy and not give good Andy the credit that he deserves. And this has very little to do with Andy Dalton. Zach Taylor's offense is creative and it's working right now. They are winging the ball all over the field. I don't believe they're going to stop the Steelers. I think they'll throw a bunch in this game as well. I believe Dalton is second in the NFL in passing yards and pass attempts. I, I expect them to put up a pretty decent number, 9.1 yards per attempt given up by the Steelers so far this season. Uh, yeah, I, I like Dalton. Again, Ke- my top two streamers this week are Keenum and Dalton. So everybody's going for the young guys. I, I will take the veterans. And, unless I'm reading this wrong, I don't understand. I mean, like, and I'm not trying to pick on Dave here. I mean, Dave has Teddy Bridgewater and Joe Flacco above Andy Dalton. Like, that's wrong. I, I, they argue, here's the argument. Uh, and I don't buy into it. But it's the Andy Dalton primetime, primetime Andy Dalton. Come on, and common opponent Andy Dalton. Oh, and right, 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 right. He used to be. He had a bad, bad history. I think he broke it a little bit last year against divisional opponents. But I don't think that matters so much now that Taylor's there because they have a creative offense. And 
the, listen, I don't know what BMAC thinks about what the Steelers are doing defensively, but to me, it looks like they've got the talent. They just don't ever change anything about what their pl- game plan is. They come yeah. out, you're going to guard this guy, you're going to guard this guy, you're going to guard this guy, and we're all going to do the same thing on every play for 60 plays. And Taylor's got something new and creative that he's doing on offense. I think that could screw with them a little bit. Yeah, Pittsburgh have – I think that they need to simplify some of the things they're doing. They're trying to do too much, and because of that, you've seen players out of out of position. And, uh, you know, talking about Andy Dalton and, you know, how high you, you are on Andy Heath – Another guy is Tyler Boyd. I think Tyler Boyd could have a huge night as well against the Steelers secondary because, like you said, I agree, they have talent. But that talent has not been able to put it – they haven't been able to display a consistent production. And because of that, Tyler Boyd could be a guy that could be huge, a huge fantasy player this upcoming week against a up-and-down Steelers secondary. Hey, you know what's funny? I was looking at this uh, CBS Telethon League. And uh, I couldn't help but notice that um, uh, Heath has the most points scored in the league. Congratulations, Heath! You're two and one. Uh, Adam Azer has the second most points scored in the league, and he's uh, one and two, which I find amusing. Oh, good. Um, good. Yeah, just making fun of him. Uh, one more thing that's been sort of popping out: BMAC, uh, the Arizona Cardinals are hemorrhaging points to tight ends this year. Is there anything you've seen when it comes to Arizona um, in terms of? Why they might be doing that and approach on their, on their defense that, that allows them to be, is it just the linebackers? Is it schematic? Have you seen anything, uh, just watching Arizona or is it, is it because there's so many plays they're running on offense? Uh, anything with Arizona that makes you, um, look at that and say, all right, this is why they're, you know, just giving up tons of points to tight ends? Uh, it's a combination of things. Number one, the linebackers and the safeties, most, most importantly, the sa- the safeties, they're playing with bad eyes and because of that, they're out of position. And tight ends have really been able to take advantage of those opportunities. I mean, Hassan Reddick, uh, Hicks, uh, Swearinger, Buda Baker, who's a young, young safety who's yet and still, you know, earning experience with every rep. His eyes have been extremely bad. And then secondly for me, that defense in the second half, half they have been gassed. They have really been done. The, the mm. fatigue standpoint has really been huge for me watching them. And because of that, when you're tired – the first thing that goes is your fundamentals and your technique because mentally you basically have checked out. And the offense, they're running so many plays. The offense, they're not running the ball. And before you know it, if their offense go three and out, there's a good chance they only use 40 seconds of the clock. Mm. And by that time, you're right back on the football field. So this is this defense, they're playing more reps than they've ever played because their offense is going so fast. They're not – uh, using any of the clock, and then when you pair the the fatigueness up with com- with bad eyes and and bad technique, I mean Greg Olson looked like Greg Olson from eight years ago. Yeah, he looked <laughs> awesome, man. He looked awesome. Um, Heath, you've got Will Disley as your tenth rated tight end. I uh, hopefully anybody who has Vance McDonald who looks like he's injured and might be out this week, or George Kittle, who's on a very early buy for a top-end tight end, I was able to snare Disley. Is he? A, you like him as a play this week? Yeah, and, and it's listen, I'm not saying anything creative here. They've given up the number one tight end performance each and every week of the season. So, And Disley's been good. I, I think maybe one underrated thing, and Ben Gretsch brought this up on the podcast this morning, Disley's pretty much been splitting uh, pass routes with Nick Vanette. Now, he's done a lot more with his routes than Vanette has, 
But with Nick Vanette being sent to Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, yeah, could open up more opportunities even still for Disley. Do we? What do we think about this game? Do we think this is an over game where there's tons of passing? Because I, I hate to break it, you guys, the Steelers. I mean, the Seahawks defense is bad too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's over game. I, I think, and thankful, thankfully, uh, the Steelers defense may just be saving Russell Wilson's fantasy value. The Seahawks defense. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, they really might be. Uh, would you trade Russell Wilson for Evan Ingram in a dynasty league? If you had Patrick Mahomes as your other quarterback, yes, okay. easily. Like if you have Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes, you got to get rid of Russell Wilson, or do you try and in, a, in the dynasty situation? What do you think? I I try to get rid of Russell Wilson just to get yeah. value now while he's throwing it all over the place. Yep. Okay. Cool. Uh, all right, we're gonna take a break. Uh, be back. You get to get out of here. We'll talk some DFS, and uh, we'll see you next week, buddy. Yes, sir. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, little DFS chatter. Heath, I have some exciting news. I don't know okay. if you know this. I won my first GPP uh, this past week in in fantasy. First ever. I'm pretty excited. It's extremely exciting. Way yeah. to go. Here, so, you're a, so you're a millionaire now. Here's the really bad news. It okay. was a $3 entry. And it was a very small league. And I didn't put that lineup in a bunch of other leagues. And it probably would have made me a ton of money if I'd done that. And I didn't. And I'm probably going to regret that for the rest of my life. So, so you're not a millionaire. No. I'm a hundredaire. Well, that's, uh, <laughs> congratulations on that. Yep. Pretty uh, pissed off about it. Glad, glad we were able to help you out. Uh, let's, let's go win another hundred dollars. I did do, I did, I did the Kyle Allen, uh, Curtis Samuel stack though. Yep. It worked. And I had, uh, Dalvin Cook. And, uh, who else did I have? I had Evan Ingram. So yeah, I basically used all your guys and I didn't enter it into the big money tournament. So that's fun. Yeah, that's a, I think it's good when you're entering multiple levels of tournaments to make sure, like, I like to have all the lineups that I'm entering in each contest. Mm. All right. Well, let me ask you that about strategy real quick. So like, I don't, what happens to me is I will start to put together some lineups throughout the week. And then just because I'm doing other, like doing you know, just more other work stuff, like a lot of times it'll get to Sunday. I'm like, okay, I don't have time to 
deep dive into these DFS tournaments. Should I just be doing one lineup? Um, you you should have some sort of process. Right. I don't think like, my process you've heard, is very... You've heard the phrase, trust the process? Yeah, I don't have a process here. Have a process would be a good step. Um, yeah, I, I think if you're just... When really, like, just do whatever you want. You're doing it for fun, mostly. Yeah, but, I mean, I'd like yeah, to make millions I would, of dollars. Uh, I, I would... I like to start by just deciding at the beginning of the week which contests I'm going to enter. Mm. Enter the same lineup in all of those contests. Mm. And then I'll go through, and you can still fiddle throughout the week like you want to, but whenever you go in to enter a new lineup, you just go to my upcoming contest page, drop down, and pick one of the entries you've already made. Yeah. I mean, I basically had three versions of a similar lineup across a couple of different contests, but I didn't have each... You know what I'm saying? So, okay. So you think, you think the move is to pick a, pick the contest, then put each, if you're going to do three lineups or four lineups or whatever it is, but then put each one of those lineups in there in case if one of them pops. That, that's what I like to do. Yes. Yeah. That would, that would be the smarter thing. I was definitely, I was like, well, I'm going to finish in first place on $135. You should win more than that if you do a tournament. Congratulations. Yeah. It's exciting. It is a big, it's a great ROI. <sighs> All right, top quarterback play for Heath this week, Russell Wilson, the aforementioned Russell Wilson. You like him because the Seahawks defense stinks, right? The Seahawks defense stinks. They have let him throw a little bit the last two weeks in chasing the score. He won't get to throw 50 passes again, but you don't need to throw 50 passes against Arizona because their defense stinks too. Mm-hmm. Very badly. Who would you stack with Russell Wilson? Will Disley or Tyler Lockett? Yes. Okay. You can absolutely play both. Um, with I'll Russell have- Wilson in one lineup? Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll have I'll have a a Wilson Lockett Disley lineup. I'll have a Wilson Lockett lineup. I'll have a Wilson Disley lineup. I'll have a Wilson Metcalf lineup. Oh, yeah. all right. Just in yeah. case. Um, let's just go straight to your tight end play or your uh, your wide receiver plays because Tyler Lockett is one of them. His targets are through the roof. He and Keenan Allen. Uh, why is Keenan Allen not already the? Uh, oh, by the way, your contrarian play at quarterback is uh, Gardner Minshew. That is deeply contrarian, and I like it. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'm just not sure. Like, do we know for sure that Denver's defense is good? They don't have a sack or a turnover, so no, we don't. <laughs> you should get one of those th- things. It says <laughs> it seems. Actually, you know what I think it is. Fanny Pack Fangio is calling these plays from the sideline. He's like he's he's the defensive version of Freddie Kitchens. He's got too much going on to call defensive plays from the sideline, and defensive coaches never call plays from the sideline. They're always in the box. He's never been on the sideline before. Maybe, I don't know, Vic, go upstairs. Head coach from upstairs? I, what, did Hugh Freeze did it from a hospital bed? That's, okay. They lost? Yeah. <laughs> it, um, it would be, yeah, no, it I, would be humiliating for Vic Fangio to go upstairs. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can't do that. It's yeah. very important that he be down on the field and be a football man. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, like he's gonna go out of Denver if he doesn't go upstairs, probably. Right. I mean, I just think with, defensive situations like you need to be seeing it from up in the coach's box right like i just feel like that's a requirement i think so okay as far as i know i've never been a defensive coordinator but yeah <laughs> uh, keenan allen like the only thing i don't like about this week is it, my favorite values for the first time this season are mostly higher end guys mm. but you got keenan allen with a 37 percent market target share and he's facing the Dolphins. I mean, same thing with Austin Eckler at running back. It'd be kind of silly not to use him. Lockett's still just 6,600 on FanDuel. 
and he's hitting double-digit targets two weeks in a row, I believe. So after that first week where it looked like, oh, no, he might not see a volume increase, he's definitely seen a volume increase. Uh, I'm, I'm going to play both those guys a lot. What's the floor for Keenan Allen in this game? Like, what's the worst-case scenario? Ten targets, seven catches, 75 the, the yards? Worst case, the worst-case scenario involves them scoring, like, two defensive touchdowns and two rushing touchdowns mm. and not throwing very much, and maybe he only ends up with, like, six for 75. I kind of like Justin Jackson as a cheap – I don't know if that's contrarian, but, like I, – I, Yeah, I don't know why he's not cheaper. Uh, he's, he's still 6,200 on FanDuel. Uh, he's more expensive than Wayne Gullman. Okay. He's more expensive than Chris Thompson. I don't, uh, I like those guys better as cheap plays. But, I know, I no longer, I don't, I don't no longer like him. Um, uh, and then you have Leonard Fournette as your contrarian running back play because we're not sure if Denver's any good. Uh, you're, uh, Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler. Sorry, I got, I got lost there, but McCaffrey, no bleep, Sherlock, easy play. So, I mean, it's a lock and, like lock it and forget it, right? It's, I was almost embarrassed to even put it in the column. Why? Like, just, just because like it's so obvious. Of, of course, you should just play Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler. You didn't need me to write this article. You already knew these things. Yeah, but like, I think it's, but it's important for people to understand that, like, you're like, well, I'm not going to pay for McCaffrey. Everyone will be on him. It's like, no, 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 just pay for McCaffrey. Yeah. Cause yeah, it, it did not seem like Kyle Allen negatively impacted him at all. No, he was pretty good. Um, contrarian wide receiver plays. Sammy Watkins and John Brown. Talk about guys with upside. I don't know for sure that Sammy Watkins will be contrarian. He shouldn't be. His price is below $7,000 on both sites, and he's getting double-digit target targets from the best quarterback in the history of football. Uh, you would think that you, would lead to one being high-owned. Do you believe that? Believe what? What you just said about Patrick Mahomes? I'm not going to call him the GOAT because he. Ha- I think that's a different conversation. You have to win a Super Bowl first. Um, and, and maybe he never will. I mean, who knows? Weirder things have happened. No quarterback has ever done the things that he is doing. Um, he can do things that nobody, like, I don't know what a better definition for the best ever at his position would be. But we had this discussion, I had this discussion with Brady yesterday and Brady Quinn, obviously not Tom Brady. Um, and, uh, my, my, all my friends and relatives, I'm like, yeah, I was talking about Brady. They're like, Tom Brady? I'm like, no, what, what, why would I talk to Tom Brady? Like, who do you think I am? And they're like, wow, Brady Quinn's really fallen far, huh? He's on your podcast. Um, Yes, by the way. Uh, but the, um, the thing with Mahomes is like, I would say he is, my take was he has now surpassed Aaron Rodgers as the most physically gifted quarterback we've ever encountered. Like, I don't know if it'll translate into Super Bowls. Dan Marino never won one. Um, right. and if, and if, if he doesn't win four or five Super Bowls, then it's going to be very difficult to call him the greatest quarterback of all time. But he, I think he has already become the most physically gifted quarterback we've ever seen. He is the best at playing quarterback. Yeah. He's the best so, quarterback in football. It's not, it's not a debate. Like it's, no, it's not even kind of close. So like I, I don't know what the ownership distribution is going to be. And I'll have more information on that Sunday morning in my DFS article. Cause I get some good stuff from UF collective and their ownership projections, but between Watkins and Robinson and Hardman, but there's barely even a price difference between them now. Mm. And Watkins is getting as many targets as the two of those guys combined. They're not going to keep outperforming him every week. So if his ownership is low, I'll play him. And then John Brown, I hate playing a number one option against the New England Patriots, but he is dirt cheap. They're going to be playing from behind in the second half, and he has the ability to do that one thing that you need from a receiver. If you're going to play a cheap guy that's actually a bad play that week, you want it to be somebody that can just take the top off the defense and make it worth it on one play. John Brown's got that. 
if you were, this is not DFS related either, but if you were doing a, if you were doing a redraft league now, cause I remember we were sitting there in, in the room, in the studio room where you're sitting, uh, and you took, uh, I'm trying to see where it happened. I believe it happened in the fourth round. You took Patrick Mahomes, um, at the first, with the first pick of the fourth round. I actually took George Kittle instead of Patrick Mahomes. Good for me. I'm terrible. Um, in that telethon league, where would you take him reasonably in a redraft league if you were doing it over again? Mahomes. Second round. Like you would have used your first pick of the second round on him. Well, okay. No. Late. I, I was thinking late second round. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, I was just curious. I mean, like you, it turns out he was a good value. It's just it like in three games shouldn't change it that much, but now with what we've seen and like it just it turns out he's not going to regress. He is not a normal quarterback that these rules apply to. He sure isn't. Uh Evan Ingram, your top play uh at tight end. I think he's gonna finish as the tight end number one in fantasy this year. I have him ranked as the tight end number one in fantasy this week. So I'm, I'm part the way there with you. We talked about how bad that Washington defense is. His targets should be through the roof with no Saquon Barkley there. Cause I don't think Wayne Gallman's very good after catching the pass. So yeah, I, I love him this week and I don't think he will be that chalky. Maybe he will, but I, I would anticipate a lot of people are going to play Wildest. Ooh, interesting. 5,400 on FanDuel. We, all we've talked about all week is how he's the top tight end streamer and Arizona keeps giving up the number one tight end. This, this uh, is a donkey special. That's why my favorite contrarian play is TJ Hawkinson. I like it. I like he's it a lot. $200 cheaper than Disley. And the only game that he's played with Stafford so far when Stafford actually had to throw the ball, he was awesome. He had to play the last two games. He was more of a blocking guy because they didn't need to throw the ball. They're going to have to throw it again this week. Um, if you look at Kenny Galladay's, I went back and watched that game yesterday. Um, there, you should not take away anything about the Lions offense from that game, in my opinion, because Stafford was a little bit off, missed some guys. They had short fields, four or five of them, where they were started on the, uh, on, on Philadelphia's side or at midfield. They were clearly, a couple of times they were underneath their own goal line and they were using heavy tight end sets to try and run out of there. Um, and you're right, Hawkinson's a blocker and this feels like, there's going to be, there's going to be, I love a Stafford Hawkinson or Stafford Kenny Galladay stack as a major, major, major contrarian play here. Cause I don't think people will be on him. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, um, yeah, you can play all three of them. Yeah. Play all three of them. I mean, they're going to play the chiefs. They're going to throw. This is not going to be a 14 to 17 score. All right. He's coming. Oh, and, uh, any, any, uh, any beer you try this week? Been a slow, been a slow beer week. Yeah, me too. I had a Coors Light. Oh, you know what? Um, I had a, uh, last night I had a, I was watching Succession because I watched it on Tuesdays because I can't watch it Sunday and Monday. I was, uh, I had a Cafe Americana from, um, uh, oh God, Cigar City, uh, Imperial Stout with, uh, cocoa and it was pretty delicious. I'm just trying to look at like what I even had. I tried the, uh, Voodoo Ranger Atomic Pumpkin. Yeah. Oh, you're, eh, I'm not, a, I'm I off, think- I'm off pumpkin. I don't like pumpkin beers at all, but I try to try like a few of the special specialized one. This one uh, was a spicy, like not like pumpkin spice, but like spicy pumpkin had some actual peppers in it. It was not bad for a pumpkin beer. I'm not and, sure. I mean, I know you do porters in the summer, so I get I get like you're already pounding those pumpkin beers, but it's 90 degrees in North Carolina right now and friggin' late September. Like, first yeah. of all, first of all, get here fall because uh, I – 
it's bourbon drinking season and dark beer drinking season. Um, second of all, uh, I, I can't drink pumpkin beers until it's like 70 degrees outside. It's like, I don't like the only other new beer I tried was Midnight Oil, which was a, uh, a stout <laughs> yeah, from Swamp. Yeah, you think? <laughs> so yeah, I, 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 there's no such thing as dark beer season. Drink dark beer all year round because it's delightful. Mm, I agree. All right. Uh, Heath Cummings, follow him on Twitter at Heath Cummings Senior. Read him at CBSSports.com. Watch him on CBS Sports HQ and make sure and listen to the Fantasy Football Today podcast. I'm on there on Monday. Some, uh, some D-bag on Twitter said, told Adam Major he wants less of me. It's one day a week, jerk face. <laughs> you can just do like a half a podcast. Like, like, all I do is I do like 15 minutes. It's not even my idea. They wanted me to do it. So I said I'd do it. This guy's posing with like doing the surf's up bro in front of his Acura with like a, like, uh, that's his avatar and he's like calling me a, a bag. Get out of here. I'm just, uh, I'm just glad you didn't let this guy get under your skin. Yeah, clearly. I'm not, I'm, <laughs> I just not, you're not, I'm not letting it affect you. I'm clearly not a snowflake. Uh, check out our Thursday night preview later today. We'll have, uh, uh, Jared Dubin and I will break down the Eagles and uh, Packers game and then we'll have picks and a uh, little recap for the Super Friends on Friday. Thanks, Heath.